0: The Collective Whisper Podcast with Simon King. Hello, everybody, welcome to today's show. So today is the last show in season one and we want to thank you for joining it and for joining all the other shows and enjoying them and listening to them. So, today we are going to speak to Martin Maloney. Martin Maloney is an actor and a musician, and Martin is the star of Hardy Books, where he's played Eddie Durkin, a much-loved character in Irish society, and Martin has appeared in many other feature films, Black Spot, he has uh, had a part in Saving Private Ryan, he's been in so many shows, and he's been on The Republic of Telly as well, and Martin is a does a lot of stand-up comedy, does he's a musician as well. So he's gonna talk about all of these things in the show and we're gonna talk about his, you know, current status and what he's doing at the moment. So welcome to the show, Martin.
1: Thank you very much, Simon. Nice to see you, mate. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, no problem. It's 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 a pleasure of mine to have you on. You know, as I said, I was I was telling Martin I was catching up on the Hardy books there after a few years of an absence and it's still great stuff, you know, so it's uh, it's great to have it on. That's nice to be done. Wow. Do they do good curries over there?
1: Yeah, they're all right. You know, I think Ireland has better curries, to be,
2: to be fair, uh, in terms of Thai curries.
0: It's like that in Spain here. The Spanish people just say, oh, that curry's hot. I'm like, no, no. Go to England or Ireland and you'll get some hot curries.
1: You'll, you'll get, especially the vindaloo.
0: It gets hotter on the way out. The Vindaloo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. The Ring of Fire, is the man said. John, the Johnny Cash special. What kind of music are you playing, Simon? Like, I have an original band that's kind of rock pop, you know. Um, we, did, yeah. we, we actually released a single there uh, last, last October. It was more of a kind of a dance track. So I'm kind of mixing it up. The first EP we brought out was more uh, rocky stuff. But, you know, the stuff I'm kind of working on at the moment is kind of a mixture, dance, rock, everything. So, you know, I don't like to pigeonhole myself. Whatever comes, it comes. You know yourself. Are you doing any? Are you, besides like playing the gigs, are you doing any original music yourself? I
1: have an EP out on Spotify and uh, iTunes. Martin Maloney EP, Constant Battle. Did that about four years ago.
0: I think I heard some of those tracks. It's some dancey stuff, isn't it? No,
1: uh, it's rock, uh, kind of old, old school hard rock, kind of bit bit of Thin Lizzy kind of.
0: Oh, no, but I, sorry. Yeah, I heard, I heard you had done, had you done some dance stuff as well? First I've heard. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you did. I thought I heard a track that you had done, but maybe you were involved with it or something or promoting it.
1: I think that was Mark McCabe Maniac 2000. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are you not Mark McCabe? i have the wrong I have the wrong guy. Fuck's sake.
1: Look, you're better off with this guy here, Simon.
0: <laughs> Mark McCabe must be pretty old now, no? He's at least
1: touching 50.
0: He's, he, he must be. That song is out a long time, you know? That was and, good for you. Know, feet it, it keeps getting revived. i tell you, I had more hair then. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing, actually, because I was telling you the other day when I was talking to you, I was, um, I was watching... The Hardy books again, you know. It's a great old show, isn't
2: it?
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's mad because in the last season you have the long hair, Mm. and I was like, and then today when I I catch you here, the hair is shorter.
1: I got a pair of clippers, the multi-purpose clippers from Lidl, and I said, "Is they're handy enough now?" And I woke up and the hair was looking a bit scruffy there on Sunday morning, and uh, and I was like, "Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can." Just give the sides a bit of a touch and just, just touch it up. And then it was going towards a mullet. And um, so then I was like, well, it looks like I'm starting to get out my depth here. So I, I thought, you know what? If I just shave around the head, throw it back and sides, it can't go too far wrong. And uh, I had to get the daughter to help me out. And she had different ideas of what I wanted. And in fairness, for a nine-year-old, she did pretty well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it doesn't look too bad.
1: Oh no, it's grand! I I got the girlfriend then to come and help me finish the back of it, and then last night I was out in town having a few beers, and this fella, who his name is Chris, he goes, "Yeah, what the hell happened to your hair? I'm a hairdresser. I mean, this looks... What the hell? I need to fix it." And I went, "Yeah, all right." I said, uh, "I said," he said, "I need a comb and I need a scissors." And I was like, "Well, funny enough, I have a comb in my pocket." And I went into the bar and asked Bettina, the Argentinian girl, who's working there, if she had a scissors. So she brought the scissors out and your man, fair play to me, helped fade it up. So now I've got a. it only took wow. me two days, but I got a proper haircut out of it.
0: So so the question is, when he was cutting your hair, did you get any hair in your pint?
1: <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> it was a concern though. I was thinking, geez, I've got, yeah. to, I've got to go easy here now or, or else there'll be a...
0: You, I, you mean I have to stop drinking while you're doing it or what's the story? Well,
1: I, I was I was at a table aside from the other tables. And there wasn't an awful lot to be done. It was just a bit of uh, fading, so there wasn't much hair at all. Thankfully to me and everyone else who were drinking lovely pints. But there was a your man got a round of applause at the end of it and everyone was filming me, going, Oh, look at you, oh Maloney, you make cut. So uh, That's
0: another that's another YouTube video, isn't it? Mark Maloney gets his hair cut while was having a few pints.
2: i will probably go,
1: I told your man to send it on to me. uh, But I'll tell you one thing. They were lovely pints, Simon. They were lovely pints. Pints of the old Cronmel champagne.
0: Oh, the Bulmers. Magners. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll always refer to it as Bulmers. I mean, I'll drink the Magners. I'll drink the Magners, but um, it's, for me, the, the name will always be Bulmers, you know?
1: You see, they have Magners. They have Bulmers over there as well, behind the bar. So if you go asking for the bombers, you get the, you get the other one. But actually, the other bombers isn't too bad yeah, either.
0: there's not much difference, really.
1: And in a pinch, Man of Green Press.
0: Is, was that in an Irish bar?
1: Mm-hmm. A great pub here. Uh, I play music there sometimes. called Vistrums. And it's the, it's the only Irish bar in Stockholm that's like, actually owned by an Irish guy. But it's got a Swedish name.
0: Ah. Wow wow yeah the, i was going to say that to you was there many irish bars but there's only one or two is
1: there i uh, know there's a good few uh, there's three of them in the old town there's another one called the dub in the north inner city and there's another one on the south side it was called it used to be called the dubliner and it's called the dub south side now it's just called the south side so that's another kind of irish bar but the, the pints are awful dear simon Shocking dear, like, and especially when you don't really know anyone working there. I used to, I used to know people back in the day. The reason Alan used to work there and she's the discounts, or oh, he'd be paying you coming out the door. Like,
0: brilliant, you'd have a ever running tab.
1: Never had to go to the off license back in the day.
2: <laughs> so, what's the cracking on the train?
0: It's good now, it's good. I mean, it's getting warmer here, but I can see by your skin, like mine now, the sweat is starting to come, so it's kind of warm there too, no?
1: Oh yes, yeah. it's, it's only about twenty, twenty, twenty-one degrees today. Yeah, uh, yesterday was awful. Was awful warm. Twenty, twenty-five,
0: twenty-six. Perfect. That's a good. Here it gets to around thirty now at the moment in the afternoon. And you're in Madrid. Yeah. Well,
1: there's no, there's nowhere to hide from the heat. So like you can get on the beach.
0: I'm in the north of Madrid, like kind of towards the mountains, so it's a little bit cooler. But uh, yeah, you. At the moment now, in the afternoons, you're like, okay, I'm going out for a dip in the pool because you're fucking sweating and everything, you
1: know? Oh, that'd be a nice touch. The pool in this kind of weather is essential. Like, here in Stockholm, a couple of years ago, it went to about, I think it was nearly 35 degrees. It was warmer than Portugal and Spain at the time. See, when you're down in Portugal and Spain, you're like, well, I'll hit the pool or I'll go to the beach. Whereas here, when you're trying to put dinner on for the kids and you're running the vacuum cleaner around and doing dishes and shite like that, uh, and there was a they'd sold out of fans as well so there was no you, you couldn't get a fan for love no money
0: yeah i mean it's funny because when i'm doing the recording i have a fan over here but i don't put it on because it's too loud with the microphone you know So uh, you all you'd hear is me you and me chatting and like some fella blowing in your ear you know
2: <laughs>
1: yeah it's annoying when you do a podcast like that and then you you realize halfway through that the fucking there's a fan running in the background or something. You're like, oh god.
0: Yeah, my problem at the moment is doing recordings. Is there's birds outside and people are like thinking, oh, isn't that lovely the birds? And I'm like, would you ever fuck off, you cunts? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> leave me alone. I'm trying to do a bit of recording.
1: Adds a nice touch to it. I mean, unless you're one of these lads, you can just go into a soundproof studio.
0: I mean, nowadays it's nowadays it's more real. You hear the little chirping in the background, and they're like, oh, that fella must be really into animals. He must have his own sanctuary there behind him.
1: <laughs> He's got his own vivarium."
0: <laughs> sure.
1: Which I don't know that they're like for reptiles.
0: There's there's snake. There's the snake here, but I can't find him. You
1: know, <laughs> the, sh- the snake's
2: knocking around. Is he viper?
0: <laughs> the snake will never go. I think I think it's funny because when you look at Hardy books and the snake, everyone knows the snake and. There's a snake everywhere, isn't
1: there? Yeah, or, or there's there's been people in the past who've gone up to me going, Yeah, anywhere from the sniper. Like right, you mean the viper? Oh yeah, him.
2: <laughs> the Sniper's sniper. after you.
1: <laughs> the sniper. He's taking cheap shots at boys up the town.
0: Yeah. What kind of stuff are you doing in the gigs?
1: Uh I just fucking I cover songs, a lot of Beatles and Oasis. The 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 Swedes don't go big for the Oasis unless you're playing Don't Look back in Anger.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: I need to and, get myself a few more Johnny Cash
0: numbers. Yeah, but that's the thing. I know myself. I used to do a lot of that kind of stuff in the pubs, and you have to throw in everything. And then there's somebody looking for, you know, the fields of Athenry, and don't look back in anger. And, and and sometimes you get sick of those songs too after a while. Sometimes you would look back in anger at the gig. Sometimes you look back and say, "Fuck <laughs> off, you cunt!" <laughs> <And laughs> stop, stop, stop standing by. Big Galway girl. <laughs> yeah yeah and you know I, once i had someone said to me i i used to play gold girl the steve earl version you know i didn't like the ed sheeran one and someone said to me uh will you do gold girl and i started singing it, and he said is that the ed sheeran version i went yeah it is yeah
2: like, <laughs> is that that'll a- do <laughs>
0: Can I ask you actually if for you now? Like, would the Hardy books kind of humour go down well in Sweden?
1: Well, it would if they understood what the hell they were saying. There's been a couple of people said to me. I tried watching your show and I couldn't understand a
0: word of it. Really, subtitles? <laughs> yeah, I said it's funny if you know the, if you if you know what they're saying. But but you know what it is about slang and everything. Even with subtitles, it only Still writes what down saying. what you're saying.
1: <laughs> exactly. So it'd be like. There's a lot of SSIA money in that you can't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they would be like, what the fuck is SSIA and who the fuck and, and what mm-hmm. do you mean he's the snake? Well, you know, the, the way I look at it is,
1: is like this, Simon. If, if they Google it, then they'll find out and then they'll get, you know, it's a bit it's a bit of homework to it. You know, it's, you know, that wouldn't, like I, I always watch TV shows when I was a kid and anything that's, that really telegrammed it to you. I was like, But things, you know, people appreciate comedy that lets you do the guesswork yourself, and it it credits your intelligence.
0: You know that show Letter Kenny? Do you think that's a bit of a copy of the Hardy books?
1: Joe, I haven't seen it, but there's a few things that could be copies of the Hardy books. There's this this town in England. There's um, there's another one, uh, Real Bros of Simi Valley, which is a fucking carbon copy.
0: I've never seen that. Yes, that but you, know, you know, like, what's a good show, but um, it's kind of that kind of copy. What's the fucking, the Canadian one? You know that one? Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. Like, I mean, Trailer uh, Park we, Boys. We,
1: we, we took a bit of an inspiration from that in the beginning. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, And then it kind but, of took, it. Took.
0: There are similarities, but this one, the first time I ever saw Letter Kenny, and I didn't, I've never really watched it too much. But I actually thought it was from later Kenny, and then I was like, "What? This is fucking like American or Canadian or something." I was kind of yeah, yeah. I must, I must, I must check it out. But uh,
1: it'd be nice to fucking get back and do some sort of comedy filming. But uh, it's just—it seems like the the Hardy Books is just so fractured from you know. I think everyone's just a bit tired of working with each other and uh, tired of the ups and downs, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll do a live stream and of an evening, and I'll have it up. But you know, it's sure they fucking they'd be partying next door as well. So I,
0: I was watching one of your videos and you were talking to who was it, some band in their hotel room, and you were trying to jam with them and they said it's too loud, we can't play.
1: Oh, that, that, that was Chris Perez and the cousin, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. That was, yeah. But uh, yeah, they, they were playing at about I think it was about half six in the morning over in America. Oh, Americans like to get up early, as uh, yeah. as they said.
0: Well, you know, this yesterday I had. Um, I'm doing a podcast on expats, you know, and yeah. uh, I was talking last week to like someone from Dubai, and and I was also talking to a girl I know from Boston, and she said to me, uh, "Let's do it at twelve o'clock your time." And I was like, "Hold on, that's like six o'clock for you." And she said, "Yeah." and I said, "That's not too early." She said, "No." I was like, "Okay." So she was up at six o'clock in the morning to do the interview. I was like, "Fuck's sake!" Wow.
1: Really? Get the job done handy enough.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it, it is mad because they get up very early, you know, polishing their so, guns. So it was twelve o'clock for you at night. No, 12, 12, no, twelve. It was twelve for me in the in the like twelve p.m. Because it was six mm. hour difference with here in Boston.
1: Oh, in Boston. Sorry, I thought you meant Dubai. Yeah.
0: No, sorry, that was the one before. Yeah, she was oh, in no. Boston, so it was six hours. Um, yeah, so it was mad. Yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah, I. If I have American guests on, I have to try and do it in the evening, and it's more difficult because my kids are home and you know. Gosh, I know it well. i have be doing more,
1: and then on the days off, then I'm like, "What the fuck am I at now?" Like I was thinking yeah. about just going down to the gym and and uh, getting the old, getting the guns polished up. <laughs> Man's got to be fit. I had a bit of high blood pressure there a couple of weeks ago, but it, not surprisingly enough, it was after I dropped the kids off on like a Tuesday morning or something. I went in. And what what brought you to Sweden in the first place? Uh, if you watch my last video, you'll see a header called Sasha. some dreadlock skater dude who was um, a mighty crack. And I got involved saving stray cats and dogs with him.
0: And, oh, I uh, saw that. That was in, in Greece, no?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah, and he goes, oh, what are you doing in September? And I was like, I'm probably going to go back to college and do television and film. And he went, do you want to go to Sweden? I said, like, Sweden? He's from Sweden? Sweden, no? Or where's he no, from? He, he was, he's English, but um, right. he moved to Poland, uh, he moved to Sweden a couple of years before I did. And he well, a good few years because he, he had the lingo down. He could speak Swedish, and uh, yeah, so that, that's how I ended up here. I ended up. I was only supposed to go for a few weeks,
0: and the um, language
1: tough tough enough language. Like, I can speak it. But uh, I always feel a bit shaky. There's a couple of... Th- I find it's hard to ask questions of certain things that, are, you know, are counterintuitive when you... Yeah. Uh, I suppose a bit like Spanish with the, the masculine and feminine.
0: Yeah, it is. It's confusing sometimes.
1: Mm. I was told by a woman who could speak seven languages, this interpreter, she said if you want to learn a language, the main thing to learn is the uh, syntax of the language. Yeah. How it's put together. And then just build your vocabulary from there, then,
0: yeah, because for example my as I said, my wife is polish and and uh she picked up the language really easy in Spanish because it's a similar syntax to polish
1: It's funny if you look at if you listen to Portuguese, it almost sounds Russian or Polish as well,
0: yeah, 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 and you know it's mad because Portuguese people understand Spanish and can speak it quite well, but Spanish people can't understand Portuguese they can understand it, but they can't speak it, you know it's different. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, funny enough, I, uh, I was watching a video from Holland the other day, and uh, it's, it's uh, D- Dutch is almost like a mixture between like Scandinavian and
0: English. And German. It's like German as well. I it's in, German as well, yeah. yeah I, li- I lived in Holland for a year, and I remember... I was working on the sites there and I always wanted to learn Dutch, but when you're working with these fucking Irish, English piss heads, Scottish piss heads, and you're like, you don't, and you're saying to the boss, oh, can I get working with the Dutch gang? You know, cause I want to learn a bit of the language. And the yeah. boss looking at you, what the fuck do you want to learn Dutch for? And i like, cause I want to learn a bit, you know? And uh, they they don't give a fuck. A lot of these cunts in these places don't give a fuck about the language. They just go so. there, have the money, have a crack, go home, you know? Yeah. Yeah,
1: there's a, I see a lot of that here, and there's a lot of lads I know who work on the sites here in Sweden, and uh, a lot of the boys like they, they they just drink in the Irish pubs the whole time. But the, the, I suppose the older I get, the more uh, the more I enjoy going to the Irish pub because you get the you get the crack of Ireland. Yeah, without the fucking hassle. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean that's it. Yeah. Here the problem can be there's a few of the Irish bars that are like team bars, and you go in and you're the only Irish person in there and there's loads oh, of Oh yeah,
1: sure so that's man, you want to see some of some of the shoddy outfits over here that claim to be Irish pubs and fucking not yeah. not an Irish person working there no they just put a shamrock up and yeah. uh sell some crap Guinness and they think it's an Irish pub. But there's one place I was doing a gigging called the Irish Man. No, I I I walked in, everyone was wearing bowler hats.
0: You're like, I'm looking for the Irishman. So you won't find the Irishman here.
1: You know? Yeah. Actually, I might give them a buzz again, see if I can get a couple of gigs. Get a, get the old get the old gigawatts cranked up again.
0: And tell me, what's uh, a man like, I do see, you know, you'd see on social media, obviously, three books left and French toast and Owen and doing the comedy. But what's Chris Tordoff doing now? He's very quiet, is he?
1: Uh, he's he, he's st- streaming on YouTube and he makes a good few quid for himself doing it. And he'll do his videos for RT as well. But I, uh, I, I, I think I spoke to him the first time. I spoke to him uh, in about two years was about a month ago. Okay. Probably another two years till I speak to him again.
2: Yeah,
1: but he he, just, he's he's flying solo now, and he's kind of doing his own thing.
0: Right, right. So he's which
1: is a shame okay. because if you know if if we got him back on board, uh, the rest would follow as well. I'd say.
0: Yeah. Can you see? Uh, 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 I think he's yeah. done with it now with us. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see a reunion happening?
1: No, I mean, if someone flashes the cash, he'll be back. Yeah, yeah. He'll do a lot for cash, that lad. He loves the money.
0: It does the He's thing. like
1: a little plow, He just yeah. loves the yeah. money. Yep. Yeah, it'll come on in. Ah, you never know, though. It could be like you the good Chris Money Man off. He's two mortgages paid off now. Really? Wow. No, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised,
0: though. Yeah. Yeah but he yeah he came in the right side of it like and and
1: Oh didn't he judge? He, see, he's a, yeah I suppose he, he had the education in it and all that and I suppose for me like I I was on the trajectory I was over in Hollywood having mo- uh, meetings and that kind of thing and that was just about a month before the the first child came along and I was like I remember coming back to Stockholm after being in LA and there's, and there's a bar near me called LA Bar. I was going past LA Bar, La Bar. And it's all like LA Bar. It's like pictures of like generic skyscrapers and stuff. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Back in the winter of Stockholm, being like, fucking hell, man. I couldn't be further away from the crack in LA now. Wow. But did you go over for some of the pitching season? You did. I just went over out of curiosity, really. And I was hanging out with Chris O'Dowd out there and um, a couple of other Bukels. And uh, yeah, it, it, it was. It was interesting. It was, uh, but Ashra uh, Asher might be able to go back out again. It's a fucking weird old place. A lot of weird bastards out there.
0: My sister is an actress for years and she knows the industry really well. It's really difficult.
1: Ah it is, man. It, it, it's 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 all who you know.
0: Yeah. And you know the you older you get, the more the, like for her, she's she's 43 or 4 now. And the thing is, the older you get for a woman, it's really difficult.
1: I can imagine it is. Like even even for myself, like I mean, like I don't know what the fuck my agent is doing. He's not doing an awful lot, you know. Um, and yeah, it, it's all it's, it's, the, the the lads the lads who are in the know get the touches. Yeah, you know? again, I'm from out the country oh, as well. No. It makes it difficult to to be able to go to auditions. Even when I was living in Mayo, it was difficult because you'd have to go up to um, you'd go have to go up to Dublin the whole time, and you know, it'd be a fucking waste of time. So you go up there, drive all the way up to Dublin go in for the audition, 10 minutes, didn't get the job. You know, You see, the annoying thing is about these these casting directors and whatnot is most of the time, you don't even hear back from them. Yeah. You know, they'll rarely give you feedback. So uh, I remember going over to a Game of Thrones audition in London once. It fucking weekend, cost me about 500 quid, all in all. Wow. Didn't even hear it back. Did a great audition. Do you know it's, it's funny, like... Uh, since doing the podcast myself and doing my YouTube channel, like I was, I was always very, very shy about, uh, or not shy, but very kind of guarded and nervous doing interviews. And uh, now, now I've, I find, uh, you know, I've, I'm I now I'm in a relaxed enough state to be able to talk freely. And it took me a long time to get to that level because like, you're we, always hiding behind the character. And like, even if you look at Chris, like you'll you'll never see him out of character as the Viper
2: really you know so,
1: yeah and for me it was one of the most liberating things that it was it was it was like crossing the rubicon for me it was it was a it was a, it was a milestone that i'd achieved to to be myself and not be self-conscious of, of the real me uh but right. now yeah but now it's it's brilliant it's one of the best things i ever did
2: yeah i can
1: go back into character anytime like you know what i mean you just talk like that wish you off whoop. you know what
0: i mean I'm, was that was that when you were when you were doing the like going into character? I know you were saying you based a lot on your dad and stuff. Was that like something you just thought, okay, I have to be the outlaw?
1: Well, it wasn't just the outlaw. It was a couple of a couple of boocles from school, a couple yeah. of hard shots. So I just kind of threw a few different, you know, just observations from around the town, that kind of thing. So I had uh, I just put a couple of couple of characters into the mix. And uh, it was like there was like a blend of a co- couple of hair skins from
2: school. And, oh, 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 hey, hey, fucking tell you, you get a fucking headbutt now in a minute. Yeah, oh, hey, yeah. what, a what are you looking at? You, are you looking at my girlfriend? You queer? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny. I remember when I was uh, when I was like eighteen. I lived up in Dublin. I was working with my dad and and the brother-in-law on on, on my sister-in-law's brother house, and that was my that was mental, and. Uh, I used to go out uh, when I was like 18. Sometimes I'd go out with the lads or sometimes I'd go doing the Lone Wolf. And I think that's that's what kind of got me out of my shell was like, I'd be, was I, I was sitting in the house by yourself or go to talk shite to people in, in pubs. But when when I was a young fella, you'd always get these lads, you know, you'd be going up saying hello to a woman or whatnot. And then they'd be like, what are you fucking looking at? You know, fucking shlap. What are you talking to my board for? And then when I started doing uh, boxing and kickboxing and MMA and wrestling and all this shit, and jiu-jitsu... It was, uh, I, I, n- I never had a problem going up to anyone's woman at all. I was like, yeah, I'm talking to woman. What about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a free country, you bastard. Exactly. What are you going to do about it, man? Yeah. And I, and and then, not that I was not that I was in snatching people's women away from them, but it was just like, no. you go up and say hello, but there was that fear of getting the shit kicked out of you
0: when you were a young boy. I, you pic- I have a picture of you in your like, karate gi, stealing lads' girls. Do you want to fucking mess with so- this guy? And he goes, one, "This is the black belt." he goes, "It looks like it's a blue one, dyed black." <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: I'll taekwondo your OLED. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's the <laughs> thing, isn't it? Though fellas can be very macho about the women and don't fucking look at yeah. her now, you know. And then they're looking at every other woman in the pub. Yeah, I mean, there's no,
1: I don't, I don't like, I don't mind people like lads being, you know. There's all this pseudo scientific bollocks that's out there. This 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 shit of Toxic masculinity, which is basically misanthropic, uh, misan- what is it called? It's uh, misanthropic. Is that, misanthropic. Is that how you call it? Yeah, I've heard that. Misandry. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like toxic masculinity, lads going to football matches, cheering stuff on. You know, and it, it's all these, like, it's, it, it's it's people, right, who are in all these colleges in America, and uh, they, they ran out of things to to, to, to do. There's nothing left of them to do. So it's just nitpicking and having to go at, at men. And for me, I, I I'm uh, I'd be a strong proponent of keeping things keeping things west of Ireland. You know, you get people like Blind Boy Blind Boy Ball Club talking shite on the late late show. Yeah. He's wheeled yeah. out every now and ago
0: to, to talk about what Ireland needs is feminism. So like, there's fucking too much of to that shite in Ireland. No, but you so, know, you know the problem is, I think in society. Is when you get people who are in comedic roles and stuff, and then they start getting all serious and start talking. Oh, about fucking sick. Say not the white. like that before. at all. I don't like that. I think I, I, it's not that you have to stay in your lane, but the whole point is, you know what I mean? Like you're looking at the late late show, and he's on in a plastic bag. The, he, like, yeah, but well,
1: exactly, and it's like it's like he was out in Clareburn there a couple of weeks ago. Look, I I used, I used to I used to pal around with him. He's gig a lot, but then I don't know. You, you, I just never understood why why he was getting balls of cash thrown at him. Like, mm. um you know, for, for me, I'm kind of like stick to the middle of the road. Do you know what I mean? Just, like, there's an awful lot of this Catholic bashing going on. I tell you, I was raised Catholic, and you know, my mother always said the answer. You know, my my ancestors and they'd be persecuted for their for their religious freedom. Mm. And and to be quite honest with you, um, no harm in, in in keeping the faith. You know, obviously the, the, the Catholic Church uh, ruled with an iron fist and there was a lot of crime and there was a lot of abuse and and that should be called out. But uh, from a spiritual level as well, like I look at my mother's a devout Catholic. The old lad, not so, not so much so. Uh, you know, I, like I, I haven't been to mass since probably well over a year and a half. Like, But uh, I, I, th- I think it's um, for a lot of people. You know, it's like the kind of saying: if you if you don't believe in anything, you'll fall for anything, kind of thing.
0: Or if you believe in nothing, you will fall for anything. And well, yeah, uh, I think it's that, all about choice now. It's about choice. I mean, you don't have to believe in anything, but you can if you want. And the problem is that it's like somebody says to you, "Oh, don't watch that show at and you say, "Well, you don't have to watch it, but I want to watch it." You know, yeah, it's optional. Then. No, I mean, and look, the thing is, like,
1: I, I, like I'm no I'm no holy roller by a long stretch, but. Uh, I, I, I think um, I think just have a bit of have a bit of respect for I mean I tell you one thing the, the, the uh, these kind of people who who are all outspoken about the Catholic Church now with, with the same zealotry they have they would have been the same kind of people who would have been doing the bidding of Bishop McQuaid and all these staunch hardliners they'd be they'd be the ones kissing their ass back in the day it's just that things have flipped. Yeah, so, so
0: our liners are the ones to watch. I remember we'd have a woman who had a shop near us, you know, when we were growing up, and she was always doing her novenas and very religious, and she was the biggest bitch. You'd go into the shop, and she'd fucking embarrass you, and she'd just just not a nice woman. And well, it's count.
1: like John B. Keene in the field. Sorry? Remember when John B. Keene wrote in the field? Yeah. It was like, they're like vipers. They'll be going <clears> to <they'll throat> get the host, and then they'll be talking shite about people around the town then um see see my mother's not like that my mother be doing novenas and saying prayers and everything but she's great crack as well and she always knew that me and my sisters growing up were were wild you know like we we were we were like wild rock and roll kind of people and um my mother accepted that you know Mm. and um but yeah you know i I think i think you know being raised in in a catholic household in for many it, it, it instilled you know going to school, it, it like there's a lot of the things, like a lot of the Psalms and a lot of um the, the parables would have you know contri- contributed to uh a sense of morality. And I think if I think it's something that has in you know in the West, you know, if you watch They Shall Not Grow Old, the Peter Jackson, mm. all the lads were all the, all the all the soldiers were they were brought to mass on a Sunday morning, you know what I mean? It was it had that sense of. I mean, look, 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 look at what's culture about nowadays. Like, it's, uh, you know, and it's, it's hardcore pornography, and that's, you know, it's, it's, it's everywhere, you know. And and yeah, we, yeah. we, my generation grew up pulling the fucking stomach off themselves, looking at pornography, and
0: yeah. But see, it's only yeah, when
1: you get your, your middle. Yeah, it's only when you start getting the middle age. And you're like, geez, that that's that's detrimental to society altogether. Like, and and that's bleeding out into pop culture and and what's acceptable and it's it when it's when you become a parent yourself you start seeing it and um yeah i suppose being a parent would, would make a person more conservative in their in their values especially men yeah. um and uh you know i mean like when i think when people think of conservatives they think of John Major, or, or you know the the, feckin, the Conservative Party in England, Tories, or yeah. or uh, the Republicans in America, but uh, that's not that's they're both shite. Mean, they're all shy talks. What I'm talking about is just basically moral decency and and um, and respect, you know. And yeah, you know, there's there's no harm in, in having. I think I think what's happened is youth culture has been put on a pedestal over wisdom and if you put a load of young bucks hanging out with each other they're it's like the blind leading the blind to a certain extent and this isn't this isn't a, g- a generalization of all young fellas. like but it's like me when I was a teenager like if I was just hanging out with with my mates like I was somewhat the the leader of the pack so sure, they weren't lead, lead, learning much off me yeah but looking yeah, up like I was good. made to work with the uncles so they instilled a bit of uh a bit of you know uh i suppose uh, elder wisdom i mean you can put an old you can't put an old head on young shoulders it's but it's there on. in the back it'll of mind up. for later on yeah. Yeah. later on in life it'll sink in but yeah I, I i made damn sure that you know my uncle was like go and get a job get a site i was like I'm 16 uh, why would i want a house in mayo and working in, in my local Londus when i could be out there playing music and have it? you know i think the young should be allowed to make their own mistakes, learn from their mistakes, and in, enjoy, enjoy the youth while they have it. Because time moves fast. And as I said to my auntie once, I went, oh look, I'm a bit of a wild young book. She goes, no Martin, wild young books make wise old books
0: yeah well see that's the thing i mean you just have to make the mistakes and you have to do have the fuck-ups and and then you realize you know and, and your old ones tell you you know your mother father says you know well you shouldn't do that now and and you some people can listen to their parents and some people don't but later on you discover anyway and then you try and instill that wisdom in your kids and they look at you like you don't know what you're talking about and you're like oh, i kind of do but you'll never understand until you're my age yeah, you well look. As, as the
1: plant, the seed. As long as the seed gets planted, then it's uh, you know it's there for later on. Uh, but yeah. it, it's better than than just not saying anything.
2: Yeah,
0: no, it's you know? it, life's tough, and I mean it's hard now and everything. And nowadays, I think you know, there's maybe too much emphasis on mental health. I mean, because I, I'm, I, it's a good
1: thing. Brexit. A lot of people they're making a good crust out of it yeah exactly. Uh, I mean, exactly it becomes very one dimensional after a while look of course mental health is important yeah you know but what what, what? one of the best things you can do is talk to people you know and, and not bottle things up and I've never had a problem you right? know I fucking wear my heart me my sleeve and I, I'll talk too much but I, I tell you I feel grand most of the
0: time people are those people making money off mental health stuff and fair enough their their heart could be in the right place but then when they realize they can make a few quid of it they're like okay let's make this a big time operation and there's so many people doing it like there's self-help gurus fucking everywhere you only have to look at linkedin and facebook and you're like riding down the road is now a a mental health officer and you're like
1: a wellness guru a wellness guru you know i i is it all the internet like i mean because all this shit started around 2013 when you left Ireland. Mm. It was me. I'm telling you. Yeah, there's people I crying put, as you
0: say. Do you remember in the Hardy books the fella that put the hex on the when you were playing pool? The jelly baby that was taught yeah. off, Dad. Jelly baby, that's right. That was me. I was at the airport <laughs> and I said, "I hex all you cunts. You're all." <laughs> <fun.">
1: <laughs> no, actually, look, look, look at Ireland today, man. It, it's like Ireland was, you know, it was always synonymous with hardy books as in like yeah. lads who wouldn't shy away from a rumble stout at heart lads who men who was renowned for men who would plow fields and by hand you know it was, it was like
0: you know it <laughs> the hardy to Guinness
1: yeah exactly like like pioneers of you know and, and it, it still is today it still is it's like if you look at you look at there's a you know ICDS here and in Sweden, and there's lad, the lads were building bridges and roads and tunnels over here, and power oh, stations. see ICDS, I
0: used, to, I used to work for them, actually, ICDS, in Holland. Galway outfit. Yeah, I used to work for them. And, be, oh, Holland, you know, it? You know be, it was the fucking best stories ever, you know? Everyone would be on the site, and you get paid every two weeks, and you'd have the money gone in the first weekend and drink and drugs and women and everything. And then the fella, the runner, would come around the site at the following Monday, and all the lads would need money again because they'd have no money for drinking and everything. And by the time you would get your next wages, you'd have to pay half it for the previous oh, stuff. It was a nightmare. It's
1: yeah, but, so but those lads, you know, they're they're not soft lads. There's one one fella oh. there called Johnny in English from Ackle, and uh, he, he'd rumble on uh, you know on a dime, as they say in the states. And but sound, sound skin um but these are all the people who just there was was just left for them after the recession you know what i mean and and, and so what 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 you're left with in ireland is is you know uh, the the brain drain i suppose happened and like rte as an institution is very mediocre like that's one thing i noticed about ireland is the mediocrity of a lot of the execution of things it's like "Ah, that'll do you know uh, like rte oh we'll get another like i was back there christmas a year and a half ago and Everything on TV was the best of Pat Kenny reeling in the ears with Pat Short, as uh we will Pat Short out again, and you know it's the same fucking boring shite over and over but, again.
0: But look at look at the failures. I mean, RT had with Father Ted and all of these things where they turned down. Well, the, the, that
1: was a misconception. Even Graham Linhan they said there's no way we would have brought Father Ted to RT. It would have ruined it. Yeah, like the shite we had was you know with the Hardy Books, there's the, the you know. I wasn't involved in the last two series in terms of the meetings, but the the hassle we had to go through to, ke- to keep things in. And, you know, my brother in law, after the third series, had to negotiate with the, the producers. And and they were saying, if you don't cut this a certain way, there'll be trouble. And I won't go into, won't be talking too hey. much shop about it. But he, my brother in law was so stressed about this that he was, he finally got everything done to try and suit everyone. And then he had a holiday booked out in, um, out in like Lanzarote somewhere, and literally the second day he arrives on holiday, he gets sick because he finally could relax.
0: That's the thing. Once shows get bigger and bigger, more people start coming in. The money men start looking and giving instructions, and then, like the thing is, I'm sure for you guys, you, you probably that's said, the problem. It's money men that ruin, ruin.
1: Yeah, they ruin it. Sure. Like, how many great bands have we never had the uh, pleasure of knowing because? You have your, excuse me, you have your, let's say your your four major record labels. Mm. Like if you look at, let's say, in terms of metal, you have the big four, Metallica, Slayer, um, Megadeth, and uh, Anthrax, let's say. Is that the big four? I think it is.
0: Slayer, Anthrax, Megadeth, Metallica,
1: yeah. We had a whole lot of other bands, you know, uh, that wouldn't have been pushed to this. But you see, you have the main record label, each has one of each. Yeah, of course. Female artists, male uh, artists, boy bands. They'll have one of each, and then they'll just basically push that main one. And that what they what they commonly used to do is they would they would sign, and, and acting agents do this as well, they'll sign you and not give you any work and, and take you out the competition by signing you up. And there was a band there called Death, I think it was, that was uh, an old... Uh, Thrash metal band. Yeah, they were they were held back. Same with Anvil. Remember that you seen the Anvil, Anvil documentary?
0: Yeah. yeah, Anvil. That's uh,
1: right. the thing. sounded a bit, like, uh, Def, uh, a bit like a bit like with a Cat. He spoke like this.
0: <laughs> great, great movie. Great movie. It was a great movie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh, but they, this is the thing. Like uh, you know, it, it's it's the pie chart merchants, and in, and in some ways, that's the nice thing about the internet as well. Is like people who never would have got discovered via the traditional routes finally have an interface with their fan base. Party books would never have happened.
0: But but see, you were in the right time because like, the, internet. the internet wasn't so saturated. But now yeah, exactly. like, you, you only have to look at Facebook now, for example. Every fucker is doing Facebook Live and yep. it is, half of them are just brutal. you know. And I mean, the problem is that it, there, there's nobody on Facebook saying, well, hold on, you're not quite good enough. Go back and learn your craft or learn to sing or whatever. Anybody can do whatever they want. You could take
1: yourself in a job. and, and you, you've got people who are—you've you, got some people who I would consider mentally ill, um, who who have huge audiences, and they're they're talking through their arse, man. And and all—I mean, look, look at the fucking—I uh, don't know. They, 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 I think social media has an awful lot to answer for, and and you look look at politically, they have they they basically. It's funny because I seen Twitter was complaining about in Nigeria, the, they banned they banned so they banned Twitter in Nigeria apparently, and um, Twitter was all up in arms about this. But yet Twitter banned the the, the, the president of the United States from Twitter, and it's like it's, yeah, and you have the argument with people saying, oh that's uh, it's it's uh, it's, their, it's their company; they can do what they want. But if if that company is being used as the de facto town square in the f- supposed free market of, of of ideas and information, that's censorship, man, and that's um, that 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 will you know that's whether you agree with Trump or not. Like he's a he's a fucking sensational guy, and he's, he can be an asshole or whatever. But uh, he, he's, he did a much better job than what's going on at the moment. And uh, you know, and and people don't. People are only fed one side of the story, and it's like they, there's some people you you mention them and they freak out. I I have no real opinion on him myself. You know what I mean? He's he's like the weather. He's just he's just he's an element at this stage. Yeah. But um, he's, I think if, if if someone does a good job, you call it you give them credit. But if they do a bad job, then also call it out. What's but it? i think social media has turned people into uh, it's, it's forcing people into echo chambers and both on the left and the right and uh, it's what it's done is it's really divided the population i mean everything is politicized these days and uh, if it's not if it's not politics it's mental health or it's, or it's pronouns before it's just yeah. it, it, it's it's this weird shit that's allowed to flourish that is It's allowed to flourish because I think the whole idea is to break up society so they can't mount a solid resistance against these corrupt bastards at the top. So,
0: Yeah, no, no, but you're right. And they're just taking away the power. But, you know, the mad thing is that when you look at now TikTok and, you know, everyone said, oh, it's called Big Titty TikTok. And I'm thinking to myself, here we are in this current time when women are supposed to have, you know, more equality, more respect, and then what happens is, and of course, any woman can express herself sexually, dressed to she wants. But when you realize people and young girls on TikTok are only showing their fricking tits to get noticed, you're yeah. kind of going, are, have we not taken five steps backwards?
1: Well, the other thing is with TikTok is it's rife with pedos, I'd say. Yeah. You know, like people who are going there and watching all these videos of, of little girls dancing and boys. It's... Uh, the internet is is not a safe place for children no do you know what i mean like like it like i, I don't want to put my kids up on the internet because you don't know who the fuck is looking at your stuff you don't know where you you know you see people yeah you know, and that's the sad thing about the the reality of the world we live in is that there is wrongings out there and um i, I and also i mean i, I think I, I think i i personally like to have a, a bit of integrity when it comes to my life as well you know i don't i don't some people just put everything out there because they're looking for the clicks you know it's like you'll have women let's say Kerry Katona or Jordan or someone who'll put their whole family and everything they do for everyone to see and it's like you're putting your kids in in the limelight from an early age and being in the public eye it's not a healthy place to be
0: when you the Hardy books came out and you started getting more well known like was it difficult or did you love it
1: that ah, was good crack, you know. That's what we were aiming for. Well, I, I personally thought that's what I wanted, and yeah. you'd start seeing people would recognise you around the place. And then, geez, it, it became like it became crazier. Like when when it just after the YouTube stuff before the series, I remember we did a gig in the stables in UL. and your man Pat O'Brien, who was who was the Ent's officer at the time, he goes, Oh man, this is uh, there. It's crazy in there. It's it's mental, and you, you couldn't really hear what was going on outside. And then we walked through like a double doors into a corridor, and they opened the door, and it was it was it was, it was like floor to ceiling with just people, mostly lads, <laughs> just like yeah, well, it's, it's
0: like Beatlemania. Do you know what I mean? It was uh, but so yeah, is your demographic mainly guys, do you think? Uh, a
1: lot of women like it as well. Now, you know, you know. Um, I, I think, uh, uh, I, I think the analytics on my uh, YouTube channel is about ninety-five percent men. <laughs> right. <laughs> I look, look, at the end, like, look. I, I could pander to all this. I, I, I could, you know. If you look, look at Blind Boy. Right. Yeah. Uh He he talks about things that are in the realms of, uh, you know, the arts. And uh, I remember once meeting Colin Farrell's brother once in uh, in the Workmans in Dublin, He's hanging out with a load of luminaries from the uh, the film and TV world. Right. And someone said to me, "goes He goes, uh, he goes well, what do you do?" And he goes, "I go. Uh, oh, I'm in the Hardy books." He went, "Oh, the Hardy books! Oh, it's fantastic stuff. Uh, you guys are from Limerick, right?" And I was like, know oh, that's the bandits." So uh,
0: <laughs> that's a fun okay. one.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, but the thing is. They, uh, you know, he he would, uh, Blind Boy would, he has that lovely audience of disposable income and he he will say things that the audience wants to hear. Whereas for me personally, I'll just say what I think, whether that's an unpopular opinion or not, so be it. But at the end of the day, I'm certainly not going to say shit that I don't believe in, in order for people to pay me for it you know, at the end of the day, when I look at myself in the mirror, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I might not have a lot fiscally, but yeah. at least I have my integrity on term in terms of what I believe to be true.
0: Yeah, well, no, you're right there, because, I mean, I think that's what you, you have to do. Because, of course, what happens is people might start out from the right place with the integrity, but then when the cash comes along and they're yeah, like, oh, just really- do that and you'll be fine.
1: Yeah, you know, it's e- easy to get swept. You see, that's the thing, it's like. And this is the other thing with with what social media has done. Everybody considers themselves as uh, they need to be brand friendly. They they themselves, their persona is a lot of these people have an alter ego of a persona, which is basically them. But it's like when I was on The Apprentice that time, the fucking celebrity apprentice, and I was the first off because I asked to go off. It was and Mikey Graham, who was our team leader from Boyzone, tried to vote himself off first. But he was a bigger name than I was. So they were like, I got the boot. And I was like, well, at least... Because I, I was thinking, I didn't enjoy the crack. I don't like this reality TV shit. They were asking questions to try and create drama. A lot a lot, a lot of shitty kind of uh, psychological sh- stuff going on. And I was, I was thinking to myself, for me, this is damage limitation. Yeah. I've got to get out of here. Plus, the Galway film flower was on the weekend. And I thought to myself, if I take the bullet now... I get to go to the film floor and come Monday morning, I wake up in my own bed in Mayo with my wife and my kid and my dog. Actually, was this before or after the, the I can't remember. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so I was happy enough to wake up in my own bed with my daughter. And that was, then I heard like there was lads crying, you know, with, with the stress they were put under and, Oh, yeah, but the thing is, I when we did the press afterwards, and uh, you know, uh, Francis Black, is a lovely woman, the singer, yeah,
2: uh,
1: and she was she was, she was the, herself, and Mikey Graham and Michael Conlon, the boxer, were the most uh, genuine people out of them. But even Francis Black knew when the cameras came on with the interview, what to say, and it was like a it was a different side came out in front of the cameras. But for me. And basically, there's no difference between what's on camera and what's off camera, other than the fact that I was probably a bit more nervous at the time. But for me,
0: I, you see, yeah. did they want you to? Did they want you to be who you are, or were they trying to? No, no, they didn't ask anything
1: like me to to. to be any character or anything but it was just observing other people and I was like oh it's gonna be class we're doing this it's gonna be oh god please <laughs> uh, you know and I just I felt like I, I think there's a real kind of disconnect between uh with, with with the world today online between the inner them and the in the internal mind and the exterior and I think that the, the People are, I think, people are becoming tired of this media trained, uh, disingenuous, brand friendly, uh, watching your P's and Q's, being afraid that you're going to get canceled anytime uh, attitude that people have. And I, I think, and this is all like TV and PR and all this kind of stuff. And what made the Hardy books very popular in the beginning was the fact that we never pulled any punches and we were a representation. Even I met Dave McSavage back in the day before I, I got to know him better. And I met him in Galway and he goes, I said, sorry, Dave. He goes, how's it going? I said, oh, we do the Hardy book. Oh, yeah, the Hardy books. You guys are great. I mean, you guys, you really take a mirror to society and crank it up to 11. It's fantastic. And and he would as well, in fairness to him. Yeah, McSavage he,
0: he was, I think what it was with Dave McSavage, like when he used to have that sketch with the priest stealing the children. And I mean, yeah. it just was so good. And people, people were a bit scared of it. They were like, oh God, it's a bit much, you know? Who so
1: queers come into the No, right. The of hands.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that that's the great thing about comedians who kind of pull no punches and just fucking say what they feel. And those are the best shows. But the problem is those people who make those shows probably have a lot of criticism from all the TV companies and they're like, oh, you can't say that or you can't do that or, you know, people don't want to hear that and you're like, that's fucking wrong. Of course they want to hear it. They want genuine stuff. People want uh, authenticity. They, they
1: want... Yeah. And also, there's a lot of cowardice. You know, like there's a lot of people, uh, even comedy, like, uh, it's, it's just this woke shite. And uh, like, even Dave Chappelle he goes, uh, look, it's funny until it happens to you. Yeah. And, I, and I think the thing is just you know ha- make edgy jokes. You know what I mean? And you got your man Seth Rogan has come out going, uh, oh, if you come out with uh with uh, offensive comedy, then you should be ready to pay the price. And it's like easy for you to say, Seth, you know, with your with your millions in the bank. Um
0: well, so I that's think the thing. that's the thing when people are hungry. For you know, for any type of success, and they're genuine as well. They'll just say, speak their mind. But then later on, what happens when they have the money in the bank and the silk sheets? You're like, I don't need to say that anymore. And your agent goes, maybe tone it down a little.
1: Yeah. You see, again, that's the other crack: agents and, and handlers. Let's say people who are like, no, you can't say this, or you know, and and then it becomes a bit like I, mean, I remember, like my sister, God bless her. She's, she, she was my our manager our long suffering manager and i'd say something in the in the papers like i remember saying something like they were like oh you must be loaded now that you're uh that you're on tv and i said it's a low budget tv show on rte we're hardly you know we're hardly rolling in it and then the name and then the headline was hardly books Great. and then she was saying like why are you telling people how, how much you make and i was like because we're not fucking loaded do you know what i mean i was living down in mayo No do cunts down in around swinford thinking i'm rich uncle penny bags either because then he'd be like oh the bastard but uh, you know we weren't and you know it, it, the, the like it, i don't know what the big deal is it's like uh, this illusion of like, oh you have to make out that you were, were like high rollers like mcgregor and yeah look of course if if you it's good for getting better deals but like, uh, I was just, I was like, it was not like we were going to be rolling around in McLarens wearing Breitling watches and wearing Ralph Lauren chinos.
0: I can imagine you pulling up outside the Dole office in your McLaren and they're like, but you're driving a fucking Ferrari. And you go, uh, yeah, that's on finance. Yeah, exactly. It's on higher purchase. <laughs> <laughs> Mancoons. I'm going to yeah, for it's mine for another week, you know. I have to tell you, it's fu- it's funny. I was um I was telling my wife the other night I went out for a few pints, you know. And well, man. I, I said to my wife, I said, when I came home the next day, I was like still hungover. over and she said, How was it? Any cra- crack? And I was like, ah, I was all right, you know, it's quiet enough around. But I said, I made an awful blunder when I came out of the pub, and she said, What? And she was thinking her her mind was going, What the fuck you do now? you know. And, so. Um, yeah. So, but when I came out of the pub. There was these two women walked out of the pub ahead of me, you know, and they were walking up the street, and they were like maybe fifty meters ahead of me. And next moment, I I saw this black um, like a headband, you know, you wear, women wear around their hair like for running or whatever. And I saw it on yeah. the ground, and I said to one of the women, you know, in Spanish, like Perdón, Estudio, no, is this yours? And I picked it up, and just as I had it in the air, I looked at it, and it was a black pair of knickers. <laughs> Was it <laughs> no, because it would have had to fall off her on the way she was while she was walking. But she looked at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you and know I was thinking, it was totally. No, I didn't know her at all. It was totally innocent. I, I really yeah. thought it was a headscarf or a headband. Yeah. And it was a someone's black knicker. Somebody was up to the old jiggy jiggy outside the other bar. And I was I could not stop laughing the next day. Every time I thought of it, I was like, well, fuck me. It can only happen to me.
1: Yeah, well, it's the kind of thing that happened to me, too, as well. You know, something perfectly innocent. I remember as, uh, when we were kids, there was uh, this one woman in particular who, any time I'd meet her, I'd be doing something that randomly looked bad, even though it was innocent.
2: Right.
1: There's like, <laughs> the time we went to watch... uh <laughs> the time when I was about, I suppose, 15, we went to watch... um. um it was Culture Mar and Swinford in the Culture Mar football pitch.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think it was like uh, the seniors are playing. And I went into what I thought was the men's toilets. And, you know, back in the day, for some reason, when you were teenagers in school, rather than pissing in the toilet, you'd piss all over the floor. And I ended up going into them, which I thought was the men's toilet. It was like, yeah, take this, Culture Mar. Yeah. Turns out it was the women's toilets. Your <laughs> one was <would> standing <laughs> by.
2: You were the there's another time. Justice.
1: Yeah, and there's another time, like the same woman, myself and Brian Turbo, a mate of mine, we were, we were cycling back from, from school and he, he was borrowing his dad's old racer bike and it was rickety enough and the brakes were shite. <laughs> She'd just seen us coming down the hill and they crashed straight into the bridge. <laughs> we were on the floor and I look up and it's her as well. I'm like, oh God, not her again. This would always happen
2: like, with her. He's like look your
0: name right
2: in head. the town.
1: Yeah. There's always always stuff that looked weird at that, you know. Yeah. I guess this pissing all over the, the floor in the in the uh in the toilets was a bit inexcusable. <laughs> you,
0: were, you were like the Swinford mascot, you know. They they were like Eddie'll do anything and Mark Oh no, this was before then
2: like Yeah. This was and,
0: uh, Come here, um when you go back to Swinford now, like is is life very different for you guys when you're in Swinford now? Do they do people like you know, treat you like the local celebrities or how is it? Uh, you know, they,
1: they they treat us the same as we ever were, you know, um, which I like that. You go back to Swinford and it's, we're, we're just the lads from Swinford. That's Maloney folk the Bellinare Road, yeah, the mad cut. <laughs> you know, like You know, it's, and we don't, we don't behave like we're our station either, you know, we go there and we have, we have a laugh and um, I think, you know, like I was doing a gig there in, in uh, Mellet's Bar when i was over last time and uh they got a good fucking deal out of me but um i was on christmas eve and, and anytime i play music in there no one no one looks and you really get a clap and you'd be throwing in the kitchen sink into the gig then afterwards the same lads come up to you going oh a great gig man no you just never knew you could play like that it's a fine gig and i was like well why didn't you get involved you know it, it was never really much of a musical town like you'd have foxford and culture Claire Morris, Charlestown there'd be'd be, be more of a musical culture. things have been changing somewhat in Swinford and especially since uh, an old uh, friend of mine, Connor Walsh, uh, unfortunately he passed away a couple of years ago but he, he you know he was um, a pianist and he, yeah he, he was on other voices and and he was he had he taken on the old hotel O'Connor's in Swinford and he would give a, a platform to local bands to play and very much was a catalyst in bringing a culture of live music into Swinford. i think and cowl kelly another friend of ours who who owns the gateway hotel he he he's done well to to bring music into the place but it's just you know the and the thing is there's a lot of really good musicians in the town but they never really get together to play you know and um yeah, I think I think times have changed there, but I don't know, whatever it is about when I do gigs in, in Mellets, um, it's not really the kind of place where people like, you know, jumping up on tables and screaming and going, hey, whiskey in the jar, kinda of crack, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And you know, when you when you guys were filming Hardy books and you have all the different locations, like the Dole office and all that, was was that very difficult to, you know, to say, Listen, we want to film in here or, or was everybody No, like, no problem.
1: Oh, no, we have we we have a great location manager called um Kieran, who he, he's Mullingar man, who he sorts all that stuff out. Kieran Hennessy, oh, I'm gonna go. I, I, you know, like the Dole office wasn't the Dole office, that, that was the bookie shop, right? Uh, and so he would go to places that look like certain buildings or houses, and he would have a word. and He's like, oh, I got this place No, it's in a, it's a, a it's place in the state. We, we did, I remember we did something uh in Charlottetown back in 2015, a bit of filming. And Jesus, people complaining and and shouting. And there was one person. There's a, there's a for, for all the love we have around because the Hardy Books is a spicy enough show. There's a lot of people who absolutely hate it, like as well. Yeah, and one uh, one 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 fellow was kicking off because we were filming in Charlestown. We were like, "Ah, fuck off!" <laughs> yeah. uh, one of the biggest scandals was when we were filming in the graveyard and Fox or out in two more. And uh, you know, when 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 the the lunchtime comes. It's obviously it's on the budget. So Amanda's Amanda's have a good a good tightener of a feed, and I overdid it with the with the with the dinner and the cheesecake and the coffee, so much so that it was putting a bit of pressure on the spine. Oh. So I needed to sit down, and and I was just sitting on the edge of a grave. And this woman came up, and she was like, "Do you mind?" And I went, "Sorry, is this your?" "Yes, it is." And I went, "Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh yeah, like this." And I, I didn't have a good feeling about, about filming in the graveyard, even though, that, you know, the brother-in-law said it was cleared with the location manager, and the location manager had cleared it with the locals, and they said, oh, it's fine to film, and we were doing the the, the, the Vipers uh, mock funeral kind of thing. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. But
1: I, I, I didn't, it didn't sit well with me personally, because, uh, you know, obviously I, I'm respectful to, you know, to, to the dead and the, play, the fact that it's a, it's a holy place. And then, you know, talking about lads who was who were was called pickle juice for pissing the bed and whatnot, you know, it, this kind of stuff. And then Tommy Tiernan was then dressed as a priest. You're your one got straight on to Tommy Marin, good old Tommy Marin from Midwest Radio. I mean, he must love whenever we put him. You know, there's a saying, Simon, in, around Mayo, which, uh, you know, they'd say it's all quiet on the, fr- on the Western Front. well the saying goes it's all quiet on the front of the western and the western people that week it wasn't all quiet on the front of the western but uh fair play to tommy Tiernan though he he did a he was on midwest like three three days in the road like just apologizing for so that was a good bit
2: of publicity and
0: people um, have to just like you know take it as it is and it's a comedy show and you're not
1: out to cause disrespect. Yeah, we're not out. You know, we're not bad. You know, we're, you're right. Like, we're good lads. We're sound. We're respectful, you know. And um, uh, like, to be quite honest, the, the shit that was happening in Swinford over the years was worse, was miles worse than what we put in the show. Like, the show was whimsical and comedic. But, Jesus, there was fights, there was drugs and, you know, mad shit going on. I mean-
0: and. Uh, Look, a lot at of these- look, look at Jackass. When Jackass came out, I mean, the shit they used to get up to. And I'm sure they got more flack than shit they did. But it's part of the show and you have to be, when you're trying to make it look crazy, you have to do crazy things. But at the same time you can say, listen, thanks for letting us use that and we'll clean it up yeah. and we'll fix it up. Yeah, we did.
1: Uh, the other thing is as well, a lot of these people seem to think that life is like how it was when they were growing up mm. and um, things have changed even well maybe, maybe since our, our day she was you know the birth rates have declined in ireland and back in the day when i was a teenager growing up around springford the town was packed full of young people you don't see that anymore you know what i mean and there was fights and there was mad shit going on and uh, that was just the way it was it was probably rowdier back in the 90s than it is today by a long stretch
2: mm.
1: there's a lot less drugs around the place but there were still drugs um, but there was an awful lot of fighting and hammerings going on. It was insane. But a lot of these people who would be ringing into to Tommy Marin complaining about the Hardy books would have, um, they would go home after mass on a Saturday night, they'd watch Winning Streak and maybe a film on RT1 and then off to bed. And they would miss entirely the mad shit that would have happened that night up the town in all of these towns. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when, when, when the show first came out, we were, I was on with uh, Chris Carroll on Midwest, and I was, uh, you know, really nice and respectful, and and uh, I was saying, oh, we, you know, the Midwest is always on in our house, and you know, and <laughs> the people were, like, you know, what? I'd watch that. He sounds like a really lovely lad. And then the show comes on. It's like, do you ever get chlamydia, lads? The opening line, you know, it's uh, as they say, if you fall into a bed of nettles, it's hard to know which one's stung you. Yeah. And people were outraged. But the, the great thing was, and then you, you know. You, then a week later, we went on to the Brendan O'Connell show and uh, we went on in character. And I was like, what would we do if we if we really were these people who had come on to TV? And that was our, our ever-first television appearance yeah. live. So we we were very nervous. And when, when you're nervous and you're unscripted, it's very difficult to kind of uh, be coherent and think clearly. Like, that was our first foray into the world of live TV. And I remember when we walked out there and I just looked up at the, the audience, it was just like a whole fucking mountain of people it was like they were stacked vertically i was looking at this going oh, jesus this is uh you know this is real now and we went out and i was going to start tearing the set apart and i thought maybe maybe that's it would have been brilliant tv but maybe it was going a bit too far and i looked at poor old brendanine's face He was like lance please don't wreck the set god i don't know and he, he really didn't know what was going to happen and for us you know if i was a bad prick I would have just played up altogether and gone gone nuts, but I didn't, you know. And uh, we were just kind of, but still, it generated an awful lot of complaints on uh, the John Hayes show. Myself and Tom McGallen, that plays the, the boo, we were driving to. First of all, that that Monday started with my mum waking me up, going, "Put the radio on quick!" And then there was this old woman, I think in her seventies, going, "I watched that last night." And I have to say, I couldn't sleep a week afterwards. And I was like, "Oh God!" But then you'd have people coming in defending us, like my uh, my um, auntie or like my 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 mum's cousin Anne Finland rang in for a play to, it. she was like, "Yeah, look, there's a lot of double meanings in it, but they're they're nice lads, and uh, it's funny. People think it's funny, and there's a market for that. And I think Archie needs to do more of this kind of thing. And um, then the, the John Hayes show later on, there's one guy coming in. He's like, he goes, I was watching this, though. And I tell you, I was never so uh, disgusted now in all my days watching this. And he goes, uh, 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 John, you, you know, uh, Column Hayes was the presenter. And your John was the, the guest with Calvin who was on. He was like, you know, I was an absolute disgrace, though. He thought it was terrible. I wouldn't watch that again. No, it often wastes the taxpayers' money. And he goes, John, you do know it's, it's not a documentary. It's actually a, it's a, it's a comedy show. It's, it's supposed to look like a documentary. All right, well, I still don't like it. And he goes, what, what would you like yourself if you're watching RTE? Well, there was a good a good documentary on there about rescue helicopters. I like that one. He's like, John, thank you very much.
0: <laughs> so, but there's people well, on there. I mean, you, on. You, can, you can please people and that's the, you have to push the boundaries. I try to fall into that trap.
1: i trying to please everyone. And when you embrace the fact that you're not going to please people all the time, but the people yeah. who will be behind it will love it, that's enough. And I think we, we we started getting, as it went on, we were starting to take into consideration, oh, we can't say this, can't say that, I'm going to upset this. but And, and you will get fucking nowhere by sitting on the fence. Yeah. I think you need to put your line in the sand and yeah. stick to
0: it. No and you know the thing is as well it's like even I'm doing this podcast now 7 months and sometimes you'll be talking to someone and they'll say oh yeah and you're some great guests. and you know would you would you not kind of go in a certain niche like you know technology or one thing and all no, I'm, I oh. I'm like true. I want to have I want you to to go oh I like that guest I'm going to listen to that maybe you don't listen to the next show but I want to have every sort of fucking tom dick and harry in this show because for me it's like interesting that's the things i like i like talking to people from all walks of life actors yeah. musicians hardworking guys telling you their life story i don't just yeah. want to be in a niche where it's music or technology or whatever like that you can do that another time i want this to be a very open show if it doesn't bring the same listeners in every week i don't care i mean the thing is i want that when people listen to one show they go that was that was very real you know
1: you're you're, you're a great host to your credit,
0: I'm gonna let you go in a sec. But just let I me mean, let's talk about for a second Vikings and stuff. Did you enjoy that experience?
1: I loved it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the experience. The, 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 it's funny because for such violent, crazy shit that, that happens in it, the, the the makeup artists, the the um, hair, the dire- the directors, first ads, runners, uh, you know everybody just had a great time really nice people and uh, the other actors i mean it was funny enough i hadn't watched the thing before i was in it so i never i didn't even have a clue who the hell either the boneless was yeah and uh, so I, I was thinking of my character i was probably a good character but now looking back if i'd seen if i'd watched the more recent stuff before going in i would have had an idea who i was and i would have been a complete bastard altogether and I would have been like, but uh didn't I didn't I didn't watch it before, so I didn't have a clue who who my character was. And uh, obviously, if you've seen the the spoiler alert, but I uh, my character ends up getting ripped apart between uh, tree stump and uh, after being tortured. I remember getting the uh, the role going. Oh, brilliant! I got the role in Vikings, and it's like, uh, yeah, Martin, uh, I need to get need to go in and get your uh, head done for prosthetics. Your character's going to be tortured somewhat. And then I read the script, I was like, oh, fuck's sake, man. And I was like, doing. it. I was like, how, how am I going to pull this off? I was, you know, one eye all done in, um, you know, cuts all over the face, covered in blood. And I remember walking out, people were like, oh, geez, this poor bastard, no. And I was like, if only the boys back in Twinford could see me pretending to go,
0: ah, yeah. wouldn't that be some That would be like, you know, it would be gas. Imagine if you looked over and the other Hardy books were over on the other side. You go, fucking hell! You-
1: yeah, look at Maloney. Ha ha ha. Same time going.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So, have you any like you know? Obviously, you're you still have an agent and you're still working and doing comedy and everything. So, have you any kind of big projects planned or things you're looking to try and do over there?
1: Uh, my, my brother-in-law Mike is trying to get this film going. He's been trying to get this film going for about six years. And like the problem is with myself and Owen, like we've aged a good bit in the last eight years. So there's certain age groups that we can't play now, or else it'll just be sad.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, so Mike, Mike is trying to get this film off the ground. I don't know what the story is with it, but uh, hopefully it, it it it'll be something because um, I could do like I, I think the last time I, I I did anything in front of camera extensively was they did a recall where I was brought back into Vikings to do a kind of a recap episode yes. for series five so other than that i think that was, that was like three years ago so it's been a long time since i've done anything
0: is it hard to get work in sweden enacted
1: um well I, i'm completely out of the loop here when it comes to sweden so but i might make a few calls because uh, i need to get my show real fixed as well but like anything else i'm a bit of a fucking lazy bastard like but I, I like, I'd like to get a voice reel done and start doing different voices because I'm, I'm great at voices. And the good thing is about doing voice work, no one knows who it is. No, it's like look at that; He's playing Donatello in the New Turtles. <laughs>
0: yeah, you could get, it. you could get a, a lot of voice work, maybe, you know.
1: Yeah, well, the thing is, like, I probably could, but like that, that would be in Ireland or England, you know. And, uh, but again, if I get a good voice reel together, I just need to spend a day cutting away a voice reel sticking the music behind it making it sound profesh and then be like "Ooh, curry chips you yeah. know but the, the the thing is of irish adverts as well like i, I turned out an advert because in the podcast that actually spoke about this how irish commercials were there
2: with me wadi tesco ireland with republica telly how did you enjoy that experience
0: it was all right, but like they they were you
1: know, the 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 high up lads. I don't know if it was Chris was working, I don't know if he was not letting me into the mix because it was it was his uh it was he had a nice slice of the pie there, or if it was just that the producers were uh not interested in. But I I, I personally thought Republic Atelli could have been a lot better if they'd maybe went for the more left of field kind of stuff that I was willing to bring in. But uh I enjoyed it. It was good, it was good crack like. Yeah, but,
0: uh, good show. Yeah. I mean,
1: Republic. Bonds went great.
0: Yeah, Republic was kind of. It was like they spons were. Trying- were
1: weak, Simon. The bonds were weak. The bonds were weak.
0: Spons were weak. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I talk shop, man. Do you know what I mean? I'll fucking talk shop. I'll shoot from the hip. I don't give a fuck.
2: I go fighting. I go fighting. I don't care.
0: <laughs> Why not? Fuck it. I mean, if it has to be said, say it. You know, you can say it here I All you like. It will be i'll yeah. be i'll i'll have a big tv screen out in front of rt with the, with this podcast on and i'll be like martin has something to say hey if you want
1: to get series five i would I'd, uh, I'd urge you to uh, to email or or get him on twitter uh, justin healy is the commissioning editor of uh, rt comedy i re- reached out to him on linkedin there was no response i seen he fucking read it though but i don't think he was a big fan of the books even though it's been doing well on netflix internationally. If you go on to if you go on to TikTok not that I'm on it but my sister was I've seen how many hashtags there are. Now, let me tell you. I haven't checked for a while but I'll show you now, right? Well, I'll, I'll tell you I, how I, many
0: I've heard that that it's getting very popular on Netflix.
1: Yeah. Hopefully they renew the contract. Um hopefully, hopefully they'll they'll give um, give us another another 2 years of being on Netflix because it's been it's been a, a great and a great boost to the to the show. Yeah, so I'll tell you. I'll tell you how many how many hits there are. Well, let's see. I'll, I'll Google the bastard. Bear with me now. Sorry about this.
0: All right. right. See. Uh, you're like my live researcher.
1: Exactly. I'm like the Jamie of the Joe Rogan show.
0: Yeah, you're like you're, you're my Jamie. I was I was going to hire one, but you you'll be fine. You you'll do. You, you,
1: you. I, I tell you, I love a Jamie myself. I tell you, it's thirty five point eight million have watched this. Um. That's on TikTok. Wow. So there's clearly a uh an audience for that. And you know, RT, what he's doing, do you know what I mean? It's, it's 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 an organic made comedy show. it's home,
0: it's homegrown, it's uh it's back to basics, it's back to goodness. What well, uh, kind of probiotics? Would you not? Like if, in order, if you wanted to try and continue Hardy books, could you not go with someone like YouTube Originals or something like that?
1: Well, who's gonna? You see, the the sad thing is, after everyone got a taste of the coin, you know, it, it it is it's kind of made a lot of a lot of us cynical. Even myself, it's like once you've once you've gone and you've been paid to do stuff, and you have people who are running around sorting these things out, you're kind of doing things again on the fly. I mean, it's very difficult to motivate the other lads as well. You know, I think, I think but,
0: but what I'm thinking is with like YouTube original, they pay, they develop the shows. No, really? I didn't know this. I think so. Well, I mean, YouTube original is a subscription YouTube channel. No, so you have to pay yep. it's premium. <laughs> it's premium. So I think they pay to get TV shows made like Netflix pay. So maybe Netflix will fucking pay you to make another season.
1: Well, you see, the thing is with Netflix, as far as I'm aware, is Netflix, what they do is, if you can, okay, for example, Netflix would be better off for them from a business point of view, going to RTE and buying a series off RTE. Mm. Because it would cost them less to do that. Right. than Than it would to, now the other thing you can do is you can go off and you can finance it, find someone who is willing to, to put the, the wedge behind the show, make it, and then sell it to Netflix. And then Netflix would then call it a YouTube or a Netflix original. Right. I and mean, that's how it works. But Netflix is a very difficult place to, like if you go looking for any, any, any contacts on Netflix, on who's development, who's commissioning, there's nothing. There's no, there's no contact for them. And believe you or me, I have a, i have a script that's been written for about seven years. It could do a rewrite, but that's, that would be huge if it was to, to go. But
0: um, it's one of those things. It's like, if you can get it in front of you the right know, people. Though, I mean, now, obviously you have the Amazon originals, you have Apple originals, you know, there's so many of these streaming companies that are making shows. So you never know, you know, you, you could uh, grease, the, grease the palm of the right person and yeah. uh, maybe they get you on again.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I, I'm, the, I suppose I'm the man to make that happen really, because, uh, I was the one who got us onto Netflix. And I suppose, like, it's just, you know, you get jaded from, from the, like, for me, I'm one of these people who I need, I need instant results. And when things are highs and lows, I mean, to be, to be quite fair, I think the Hardy books definitely contributed to the the the, the dissolving of the marriage as well. You know, it's, uh, and I'm not the only one. It's It's, there was an awful lot of, when's it going to happen? It might happen. It might happen. No, it's not happening. It's happening. It's not happening be over here next week for three weeks, you know? What I mean? And, and yeah. that was not awful, you know, being away all the time and that kind of thing. And yeah, it definitely, you know, it, 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 it's, you know, there was an awful lot of arguing as well at times between himself and the other lads. Like we all started off as, as uh, best mates and we'd just be talking about the show all the time. And then we kind of got sick of each other. And in some ways it's, it's you know, if, if we were to come back together, we'd appreciate the time we'd spend with each other now. But, you know, like like everything else, Life, life moves on, and and people go their own ways, you know. And, um, and it's here. like the end of Stand by Me, you know, when they yeah. they're all going on this adventure, and they they just become faces in the hall. I'm not saying the other lads have become faces in the hall, but yeah, yeah. you know, you people get on with the, with lives, and you know, you, you don't really, if you don't see each other often, then the calls become less and less regular.
0: And hope um, as well, people, I are in mean, change.
1: Yeah, I mean, like people have kids, people have jobs, people move away. There's there's a whole myriad of factors there, and yeah, um, yeah obviously for me it's it's been a lot more difficult because I don't live in Ireland anymore. And um, but for me, to, to be fun quite fun. honest, I, I enjoy the I enjoy the um, the anonymity of it. I, I I I I enjoy obscurity. Like that was that's always something that people fear as as being part of. Of being in the public eye like it's oh i've got to desperately get the fame and for me i'm like i don't i don't give a shit man i really like for me i kind of i quite like the stepping back from it and you know if so like i'm very different now compared to how the person i was 10 years ago 10 years ago i would have would have uh snapped your hand off to get a good touch of it but i i kind of feel like the, the higher you go up the more intense shit gets and you know it's it's uh you people out there who just want to you, you know you the spiteful pricks out there who want to who want to ruin people's careers and get them cancelled and and it's just like it's just it's, it's just i'd rather just keep it low-key go and do me thing and uh, I, you know the more people try and be in the public eye the, the more i think people get annoyed by that you know yeah, yeah. You know,
0: yeah but but come here look at i'm gonna let you go but it's been a pleasure talking to you and i mean we could have this chat all over again you know there's we'll we bring that do. again for sure it's been great and uh i want to wish you the best of luck with everything and hopefully we'll see the hardy books or we'll see martin maloney on our screens anyway for sure yeah I mean. something's
1: gonna happen anyway once once all this all these restrictions are finished like you know
0: Hopefully, hopefully well come here have a good day and go get your teeth done and they look great by the way but you know go and get get them done
1: well uh, it's been lovely talking to you and you're you're a great uh you're a great podcast host and um you've, you've got a nice low-key style of of
0: interviewing hopefully. and i uh, hope hope you you do very well out of it here. hopefully well it's not about doing well it's just how about having the right people having the crack and getting it Exactly. On, you know? That's
1: it. And I might meet you down in Alicante for a few looseners.
0: Yeah, yeah, you'd never know. I might slip over to Stockholm for an old weekend, and
1: you yeah, might. And maybe I will tell you one thing: if there's any gigs need doing down there, give give a man the summons. I will. We could do an old
0: duet, you know. Linda. We'll rock.
2: do a bit of the old.
1: Come here. A bit of hold the line by Toto.
0: <laughs> take, take take it handy, Martin, and uh, we will talk to you soon. And uh, Thanks again for coming on the show. Martin Minow. Absolutely.
1: Pleasure, Simon. Take care. Good luck to you.
0: Okay. Thank you very much, Martin. That was a really interesting interview. Very funny. And it was nice to talk to you about all these things happening around the world and in Ireland and current case of how everyone's gone mad. And, you know, it was good. It was interesting. I really enjoyed that chat. And it's good to hear about your current projects and everything you've been working on and to talk about the Hardy books and everything else that you've worked on in the past. So thanks again, and thanks for being a guest on our show. Okay, everybody. So as I said, usually at this point in the show, I tell you about the next guest, who we'll be taking a break for a few weeks, and we will be back. But I can guarantee you in season two, we are going to have some amazing guests. And uh you know, we would like you to join us and we've really enjoyed having you here so far. It's been an amazing experience for me and I hope you've enjoyed it so much and I hope... You've enjoyed all the guests we have had on the show. We've had such a variety of guests from actors, musicians, sports people, you name it. We've had all of these people, you know, UFO enthusiasts, paranormal enthusiasts, as as many as we can. We try to make the show interesting and to have different types of guests every week. And, you know, that's what hopefully makes it enjoyable for you so once again thank you very much for being here and thank you for being with us and we look forward to seeing you in season two and until then my name is Simon K this is the Collective Whisper podcast and thanks for being here take care enjoy your summer all the best bye bye